0: Have you been looking for your keys to success? You have found the best place to start. We will hear from professionals on different keys to success in building huge careers in and outside the mortgage industry. These conversations that each person will share their experience will allow you to hear nuggets on finding your keys to success. I'm your host, Sue Meitner, so let's get started and grab your keys. hi everyone and welcome to grab your keys i have a fabulous guest on today he is a mme peer of mine with cindy Ertman, and i just think this man is fabulous uh tom couture is here he is from texas tech credit union He's been in the mortgage business for decades, <laughs> yeah. and um, he is located in Texas. Uh, couldn't be any further south if we tried, probably. Right. So, um, Tom, thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Thank you. Appreciate being here. You know that I have the highest regard for you and all that you've done. And so it's an honor for me to be here with you.
0: Well, I appreciate that so much. Um, we met, uh, I want to say two years ago, and Mm -hmm. I just was totally impressed with how you've built your business. You um, are significantly well over 50 million in every market all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that is such an attribute to you, which really shows um, how your clients and customers love how you work with them and how you are a servant leader in the mortgage industry. Mm-hmm. How did you get into this mortgage industry, Tom?
1: <laughs> well, that's a funny story, but the short version is when I got out of high school, I couldn't not see myself going to college. I just didn't want to do it. And so I first started uh, a part-time job in a supermarket and my mom who was uh, at the time had a bridge club that she played uh in every month
0: my mom plays bridge too
1: oh really yeah (laughs) well so what happened was she had her other seven ladies at our house I I still lived at home I hadn't moved out yet and um and I don't know I went to bed or whatever but I I didn't hear this but but one of the ladies husband ran the mortgage department at a big insurance company in the town that I grew up in in Montpelier, Vermont, because back in those days, that was 1976. Right. um, Mortgage, I mean, I'm sorry, life insurance companies bought mortgages from community banks. It was before securitizing became a big deal. Right. So that woman said to every uh, all the other ladies in the bridge club, um, uh, my husband's looking for someone in the mortgage department. And if you know anybody, let let me know. Well, the job I had was part time at the supermarket. And the next day when I saw my mom, she said, get your ass up there and, <laughs> and apply for that job because it's full time and there's benefits. Wow. So that's how I, I landed in the mortgage uh, uh, business. I was with that company for eight years. Um, and of course, we didn't originate loans. We only bought loans and serviced them. So I learned all that side of the business over the eight years. Yeah, did everything. The and then An opportunity came up here in lubbock eight years in where i was at that point i was dialing for dollars buying loans from people and from banks and a bank here in lubbock the person on the other end that was selling the loans because remember this was back in the days of just fax machines and and telephones we didn't have all the great uh software that we have now or we didn't even really have personal computers yet right so uh, she was going to retire, so I just—I had lived on the same street. By then, I was married, and I—I I, I moved when we got married. I moved ten doors up the street from the house I grew up in, and uh, so I—I I hopped on a plane, came down here, interviewed for the job, got the job, went back home, moved my my family from Montpelier, Vermont, to Lubbock, Texas, and and so this is year number forty-nine.
0: Yeah. So almost 50 years in being yep. in mortgage. Wow. You have to have a passion for mortgage. What is your passion and why do you love being in mortgage so much or you wouldn't do it for 50 years?
1: Yeah. Right. Well, so me as a person, one of my, my great passions in life is helping people. And I try to do that in any way that I can. Well, for so many years, that expression of how to help people was helping people to achieve the dream of having their own home, either to live in or to build wealth with. And so I loved closing loans. I mean, I I just, just helping people. And also that helps referral partners get their deals done and paychecks. Um, And then I would say over the last four or five years, thanks to a lot of the coaching and the things I've learned through Cindy's group and Uh, a couple of other groups I've been, in, I've sort of morphed. And now, uh, like you said, I'm like this year, I'll be right at 50 million in production. That's low for me. But it's because I'm helping build other people in their pipelines and their businesses. We have um, eight other loan officers here at the credit union, and I coach them and I mentor them. And um, so I guess the short answer to your question is um the passion i have is helping people and it's expressed itself a little differently the last two or three years but i still do quite a few loans too so. right
0: and and uh you and i share that that love for ha- raising other loan officers mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. and um there is nothing better than having one of your loan officers come up to you and tell you that you've changed their lives yeah and not yeah. only have you changed their lives you've changed the life of their family forever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and that is like such a gift to have and to give so you're providing such wealth to um you know all your all your clients and your customers and your referral partners Mm -hmm. but then you're also giving this great gift to to the loan officers of really having a legacy that you're Mm -hmm. leaving for them to carry on in the future which is so which is so tremendous and that, such, uh, so great
1: the the book think and grow rich that everybody knows about so i i had the privilege of being mentored for three years by bob proctor and wow, um, uh he told me this story that when andrew carnegie the big steel magnet that you know that uh tried to get that book written when he got napoleon hill to say yes here's what andrew carnegie said to napoleon hill this is what Bob Proctor, who actually had the privilege of knowing Napoleon Hill uh, before he passed away. But anyway, um, Carnegie said to Napoleon Hill, I think it would be a tragedy for men like myself and Henry Ford and Thomas Edison and all these great businessmen and inventors and everything back in the early 1900s. It would be a tragedy for us to go to our grave with all this knowledge locked up inside of us and never share it. And when I heard that story, it something clicked in me. And I realized my next step in life is not only to do loans, but to help other people be able to succeed in their business, too. And I've got 40 at the time. Maybe it was 44 years of knowledge and experience locked up in my bones. And it's about time I start sharing it with people. So yeah, I love that.
0: Well. I love that you're sharing. I love that. Um, what do you and speaking of sharing, Tom, <laughs> What do you believe your three keys to success are
1: well i i you know the old um you know mantra about real estate is location 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 and i really borrow that and say relationship 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 are are my three keys um obviously underneath that you have to have a, a good team that can handle keeping all that business flowing in the right direction and you have to be with a a brand you have to build your brand so that people know who you are and trust you so those two things but the key the top one is relationship if you are in this business to help other people achieve what they want to achieve we are we're in an economy now where there's a premium on people who care about other people and want to um know love and be trusted by other people So that your clients and your referral partners know, hey, I can trust that guy or that lady to get this done and to have the client's best interest in mind. People want people are hungry for being cared for is what I'm trying to say. And so I would say that's my top. And then having a great team and having um, uh, a good brand.
0: How do you believe or how would you express to a newer originator? how to start developing those relationships when they really just don't have those relationships yet
1: so i think that it's a little bit more difficult in a a big city i mean uh, where i live we're 250,000, and of course i've you know been here for out of that 49 year career of it about 38 of it here in this town um so i would say start with your circle you, everybody has friends. Everybody, you know, has the grocery store they go to. A lot of people have churches that they go to. Um, start with that group and just start talking to people about what you know and what you can do. And they will, uh, they'll talk to others. And I, um, one thing Cindy Ertman taught me uh, that I just live by now is the power of intention. And so if you're a young person or a new um, uh loan officer set an intention to do that to be a people person to go have coffee with you know whoever your friend or your cousin or your person that you go to church with and talk about what you do and why you care about what you're trying to build and they'll tell other people and it'll start to grow organically but you have to be intentional about it that you can't just sit and hope that it's going to come your way right you got to right. look at it now. I know there's a lot of other ways to do it. There's leads, there's all that stuff. But if you want to build a long lasting business like you've built, Sue, or like Cindy built or like I've built, um just find a way to get in front of people and build a friendship with them. I think people, uh, they want to do business with friends. They, just- they do.
0: And I, you no, know, and my children, I, just t- I tell the story so often. Some people will have already heard it who listen to the podcast. Um, I don't think I've told it on the podcast yet. My children would always not want to go to the grocery store with me. Mm. but I love to go to the grocery store and I would walk up every and I still do it to this day. I walk up every single aisle. And they would say, mom, it takes you two hours to go to the grocery store. (laughs) And I'm like, this is me working kids. Like I'm working, (laughs) I'm working, you know, it doesn't make, you know, I, I, you know, shaking hands, kissing babies, saying, letting people know that I, and I really enjoyed talking to people on the weekends while we all were at the grocery store. Like that was fun for me. It was why they would say, To me, I don't want to go to the carnival with you because, you know, everyone, mom. Well, that's like so much fun. That's my job is to know everyone. My job is to know the people in your community. And it all starts in your community with people that you are knowing that you are loving on and Mm -hmm. and truly caring. And then um, and trust. And then they trust you because they feel that they're part of your inner circle because it's the way you make them feel. And you have a great knack of making people feel like you're that you're listening to them Mm -hmm. and that you care. You're I've watched you. You're a very active listener, like you're engaged in talking to them. And I think that that's so important in today's society. I saw Simon Sinek, I believe, speaking on stage. And like, I don't have my phone on me right now. You know, I don't have it. But if I was holding my phone like this Mm -hmm. having this conversation with you isn't there a difference
1: yes i feel like
0: you have my undivided attention so even and so the phone's like on the side but even the difference in someone having that interaction so i'm going to a holiday party tonight and i'm not going to take my phone Mm -hmm. because if i'm even holding my phone or if it's anywhere on my person the person I'm talking to is not feeling that I'm fully connecting with them. Yeah, so right. it's so fun that funny that I you know I watched Simon Sinek have this conversation. And he literally took his phone out on stage and he was like, "And don't you feel a difference now?" Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Wow, yeah, you do yeah. feel a difference." Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, and and the phone is such a distraction to human interaction. Um, it's also a really great tool for it in the right place okay. right. um but i saw that same clip of so you did yeah and it uh it impressed me too um when like i i people think sometimes think it's rude but when i'm having a conversation with someone and they pick up their phone and start texting i just stop in the middle of the sentence and let them finish the text and usually what happens there you don't have to say a word they just go oh crap <laughs> and but i i appreciate what you said um thank you for the compliment, but that is, I'm telling you right now, the key to doing business is not to focus on only doing business, but to focus on the persons that you're doing the business for. You got to remember you are not what you do. You are who you are.
0: I and, love that. I love when you, that.
1: When you focus on who you are and your unique giftings, cause we all have unique giftings. Um, you just pointed one out, listening to people, that's a unique gifting. Um, but when you focus on who you are and you share that in the context of doing business for someone, they are drawn to you and they're going to tell all their friends and that young loan officer who hasn't started is going to find people calling him and going, Hey, my friend, you know, Mary told me that you did a great job with her and she felt cared for. Her. Well, yeah, can, for you, sure. can you look at my, um, uh, Loan application or whatever that's the way all my business comes in now that it is and i i realize i'm in a different place than that young person i've built it over time but you can too young person you can yes there's no there's well all no- these
0: young people have friends you know yep. buying houses now yep. they should be out there talking to all mm-hmm. their friends buying houses because that's what's yep. going to be in 24 and 25 we're mm-hmm. going to see the largest group of new first time home buyers mm-hmm. that we've ever seen before yep and i think that that's going to be great for all the new originators mm-hmm. um, who really want to make it work not one of yeah. the people the eighty thousand that have just gotten out of the mortgage business yeah. but yeah. really now the core group of specialists I want yep. to say specialists yep. who really want to build a career that's, you know, with a servant heart so that mm-hmm. they can take it to the next yep. level. So you also talked about team. Um, yep. How important would you say having a team around you that you've cultivated the systems and processes for um, how important that you said that was one of your top three, but yeah. why?
1: Well, because uh, if my responsibility is mostly to, to, build business and bring in more business as a loan officer so is yours and any of the loan officers that are under you so you have to have for two reasons one the referral partners they're not dumb. they know that you don't do all the paperwork on a loan so they have to know that you have a team that you trust and that you've trained to be able to get it done that's number one and number two i need to be free from doing that part of it so that i can be out shaking hands and kissing babies and bringing in another one, you know? Yeah, so sure. um, I think that's why it's important. And it's not as hard as one might think, because if you, again, go back to intention, you said when, when I built my team, which now I'm down because I'm doing a less loans, I'm down to only about three members on my team. But, um, uh, but even when I built the bigger team with Cindy's help, actually, <laughs> um, uh, i set an intention to to attract the right people that have the same vision as me that we are here we get the privilege of handling in many cases the largest financial transaction that a person is ever going to do and in all cases one that they don't know how to navigate and they need help so you if you set an intention while you're trying to build a team to attract the right people, start talking about heck, I talk to people at Starbucks about things like this, you know. Um, and I think you have to be maybe a certain type of person that doesn't um you're not afraid of rejection, right? And so if if I start talking to somebody at Starbucks about it and they're not interested, it doesn't hurt my feelings. You know right. It doesn't
0: um, hurt your feelings. But
1: I got off track there. But as far as building a team, yes, it's of the utmost importance because you can't scale your business uh without it. Because you cannot do all the work. It's just impossible. Yeah. And, I agree
0: with you. And I you, agree have with you.
1: To, uh, you have to put yourself in a position of knowing that you are the the leader and the um, developer of business. And so anything that someone else can do and do effectively for you, train them to do it. And, and you stay out of it. I mean.
0: And I think the retention of it is important, too. So somebody can also speak in your voice. Mm -hmm. I have um, one person that's worked with me for 20 years and I trust her. She is literally the right part of my body Mm -hmm. and she can answer anything for any one of my clients. We've trained another person that literally speaks Sue. I always say you need to speak Sue. If you're representing me, you need to speak Sue. And uh, they they do a great job of it. And they work with me every day and it it takes, you have to be, okay with it taking a lot of time and okay with a lot of mistakes being made so that you get it so that you get it right.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, and now the brand, you have a brand of trust, uh, Uh liking people, loving on people, knowing people, but uh, how would you say building your brand happens?
1: So I I think you have to know who you are first because, because let's be honest, a brand is not the logo on the door. A brand is the person, right? And especially, like we talked about earlier, in this uh, this economy and this world that we're uh, living in, where there's so much upheaval and in the air. Um, first, to build a good brand, you need to know who you are and what you want out of life, right? And then you talk that. I one of my things um, uh, that I've developed over the last few years is is coaching people and not just I, I i can effectively coach my loan officers and tactics and that sort of thing but more importantly i coach them and i have a little non-profit that i'm doing now that helps with um uh people coaching you know like uh, people development thing i share with them who i am and how did i i talk about intentionality i talk about um uh attraction i talk about uh, the things that are deep inside of every one of us, I, I say it like this, you no one, I have, I don't have anything in me that everybody else doesn't have. The difference is not everybody knows the value that they have inside of them. Right. And, and so my brand has become, and I'm not saying this is what your, but what any listeners brand needs to be. But, um, uh, my brand has become, I'm that person that helps people, see the value that they have and how to offer it to other people i love doing that it's so rewarding when somebody like you said earlier with a loan officer but even like my events that i'm having uh last one i had almost 100 people at some of them were insurance people some of them were bankers a lot of them were realtors and the feedback i get is wow how did you learn how to love yourself enough and trust yourself enough to share all that and i'm like because it's in me because i'm a created being and it's in you too and let's just you start drawing people out like that and they realize they've got all the answers they need right so again excuse me for the rabbit trail but um to the, to your question uh the way to build a brand first is to know who you are and then just start expressing that to the people that okay. you're yeah
0: and it um, takes time yeah it takes time to know who you are you have yes. to work on. Yeah, I always tell, and it's so funny because I hear, and you you have children. You sometimes hear the voice of yourself in your children. <laughs> yeah. And I always say to my children, like I need to learn, needed to learn to love myself before I could love others.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And my son, uh, in the last month, said, um, "Well, I needed to learn. I need. I'm learning to love myself." So that I can love others, yeah. um, and I was yeah. like, "Wow, he got that from because I say that." That was like so great that they yep. listen. You actually understand that your children listen to what you say sometimes, yep. and, yeah. And and then when they start to repeat you what you said, it's even better mm-hmm. when it's something you know that's deep in your heart. Yeah. Um, who does Tom admire?
1: Oh, there's so many people, but um, uh, and. Not all of our listeners or watchers here are going to know her, but Cindy Irman right. is one of the ones that I admire greatly. Cindy
0: Erman is and, admirable,
1: and the way the reason why I admire her is because she's a master tactical technician. At the same time, she's heart-centered and loves people and wants to build them up. Um, uh, so she she is in my you know circle at this point. Um, there's a lot of people that I. um, I admire that I guess nobody would know. So I don't know. As far as some famous person or whatever, um, I do. I, I've read a lot about Abraham Lincoln and I do admire who he was because he had the grit and the stick to itiveness and the belief in himself to push through when everything was against him. What, like, for instance, with the 13th Amendment and, and abolishing slavery, he just never gave up until it happened and look at how it changed the world. So somebody like that. And then the last one that's famous would be Martin Luther King. I love that man. I love his quotes. uh, This is one of my favorite quotes of his is uh, darkness can't drive out darkness. Only love only light can do that. And hatred can't drive out hatred. Only love can do that. And for me, I live that way. I'll give you a little example of it. Um, I tell people all the time. If you are out at night, like you're going to a holiday party tonight, and if no one's home when you get home and all the lights are off, you don't open the door and say, darkness, get out of here. Darkness, be gone. You turn on a light. And so when you're faced in life with things that are dark and hard to deal with and or things that are, you know, I don't want to necessarily say hatred, but things that are, you know, people are mean or ugly or whatever, you don't fight against that. You, you respond with love, you respond with light, and it dissipates the darkness. So Martin Luther King would be my other one.
0: I, I love, I love everything that you just said. That's amazing. Especially the analogy of walking into your house and turning yeah. on the light. That's, that's fabulous. Yeah. Um, if you had another career, I mean, you've been in mortgage for 50 years. If you were going to choose another career, what do you think that would be?
1: I would love to be somebody like Simon Sinek or or Bob Proctor or one of those people that is just full time helping other people to see the value, the light, and the love inside of them and express it. Because I think that we could change the entire world if that grass fire catches on and people have a consciousness of caring for others and knowing who they are themselves. So that would be my other career choice.
0: Yeah, I love that. And um, last but not least, um, because everyone, I think if you've watched my podcast enough or listened to it enough, you know that I have like a, I like to that be like inside the actor studio when we ask all those fun questions. Yeah. Um, what's in the future for Tom?
1: Oh, uh, so Tom is 66 years old and Tom has no intention of retiring. Um, so my future is to continue in the mortgage space, and use that to to really work toward developing other people and helping people. Uh, I do uh, not that I'm of the magnitude of the, uh, Napoleon Hill or, or uh, Andrew Carnegie, but I loved that point of view that you have. I have all these years of learning so many things and. And it's, it's my responsibility at this age to keep sharing the love and sharing the knowledge and sharing the understanding. So what's in it, what's the future for me, I'm going to keep doing that. And I'll do some loans too.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. I
1: really want to, I really want to develop the other people here to do as much as they can do. Um, I don't, so if I end up not doing loans in five years, that's great. I go, I'll help other people do it. I won't quit that part.
0: Yes, I I agree with you on that. That's amazing. So thank you so much for being on here. You've given such great insights. You've been an inspiration to all of our listeners. And to all of our listeners out there, two things. If you have liked or want to share all the great information, don't hesitate to do that. You can also get in touch with Tom at any time. We'll have all of his contact information below. And just remember, we have great people coming on. Grab your keys in the next couple of months. So we're looking forward to seeing you guys back at Grab Your Keys. Have a great day.